everyone and welcome to 121 in flux i am peter and i'm joined by connor yes am i speaking on these now yeah it's just speaking on these that would yeah. be that'd be what just happened yes yeah this is a movie show we talk about movies uh this episode we are going to talk about uncut gems uh from last year this is the adam sandler starring film we'll talk a lot about adam sandler starring movies on on this uh, podcast or channel, and that's because, well, Adam Sandler's usually in complete garbage. Uh, but every so often, he'll take on, like, an indie drama <laughs> or something, and it'll be like, hey, he can actually be in proper movies occasionally. When he's given a proper script, he's not terrible. Yeah. Was it literally... I mean, I've never seen Punch Drunk Love, but was it literally Punch Drunk Love and then this? <laughs> was, was that, like, an 18-year period in between the two? I think it might be. There has to be something in those 18 years. That's basically anyway. Uh, so yeah, uncut jazz. We'll start spoiler free as we always do. We'll give you warning before we get to spoilers. This is part of our 2019 catch up kind of season. Uh, we're kind of trying to pick at films that we didn't get to see from last year before we get to our own top tens in March. So uh, this film's about a kind of uh, he owns a a jewelry store, like a sort of private jewelry store. Um. And he has secured an uncut gem, as the title would imply. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to say it. It looked like freaking kryptonite. I, see, see when they pulled it out at the start, I was like, that looks like kryptonite. There's some green in there. I mean, it was a lot I of mean, colors, but there was, the green was the majority of it. That's interesting, because to me, the dominant color was blue. I mean, your eyesight's, you know, not up for trial here, but. S- says the one wearing the glasses. Exactly, so I've been tested and have corrected my vision. Yours... My vision is so good, they don't need them. When was the last time you got an eye test? Uh, not that long ago. Long within, the, within the amount of time you should have had them. It's deteriorated. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so he gets this gem uh, all the way from Ethiopia, and he's all excited about it. But what the plot's really about, because this kind of becomes the MacGuffin of the movie, but what the plot's really about is just kind of how messed up his life is and how how messed up his everything in his life is. He's, you know, he's got a girlfriend, but he's married. And his wife knows about the girlfriend. They're in the process of splitting up. That's not like a spoiler. That's just kind of where they are at the start of the movie. Uh, he owes money to various nefarious people. He's constantly juggling uh, various, like expenses and debts against each other and bet yeah. he's, got, he's got a betting problem he's got a gambling addiction which he that's also the, the crux of it really isn't it yeah i mean yeah that's ultimately what it all boils down to is to get because i mean even though there's literal gambling I, I would argue that a lot of the other things are equally gambling they're just gambling not in a sports way they're gambling with thinking he can get away with certain things and hold off a little bit on this thing so he can get away with it with a bigger way this side of yeah, things and... and a lot of the problems in his life can be traced back to the the gambling yeah so that's basically what the movie movie is and it's kind of this a spiral of of things happening him trying to stay afloat uh, with all these plates that he's he's spinning and he's you know he's spun himself like uh, that's one of the things about this movie is that it's definitely one of those films where it's not like the, the main character is someone who's purely sympathetic or, or you're understanding everything you're sympathetic in that sense because he is to blame for everything he's going through. It's his own fault. But that's arguably what may make it fascinating because it's like, okay, this is an examination of how someone's addiction can uh, never let them take the easy way out. Because the movie actually, there's, there's several points in this movie. There's a good, like, probably three, maybe four points in this movie where he's essentially offered the chance of a clean slate. He's offered the chance to break even and not be in any trouble. And every single time, he doesn't take it. 
and every yeah. single time it's more infuriate than the last and that's kind of what the movie is so and that is uncut gems uh so i will ask connor the question did you enjoy uncut gems did i enjoy it phrase like that no um i think it is objectively a very good movie the script is excellent uh performances are really strong however there is a horrific to my ears sound mix and from what i actually did some reading on it because i was really curious i was like this sounds wrong and it's a lot of intentional choices that they've done that i despise to the point where i could not concentrate while i was watching the movie because I'd, I'd be listening to you know they'll be listening to a conversation and the sound would be back and forth all over the place and i couldn't follow it because my brain would just stop and and go wait what's going on now with the, with the sound i couldn't concentrate on the movie enough to actually enjoy it i knew it was going here because i saw him tweeting about this uh at some yeah. point uh so i knew I, I went into this knowing this complaint so i, I start watching the movie and i'm i'm, I'm you know and I, very very quickly i i am very aware of it having a unique sound. It doesn't sound like every other movie you watch. It's, it's, it's intentionally very busy. There's a lot of... Chaotic. Which, and you can understand why, I mean, even just on a purely sort of analytical level, but they you know, talk about whether you like the sound of it or not in a minute, but at a purely theoretical level, you look at that and go, well, I understand why they're doing that, because yeah. they're, they're emulating his life and how chaotic his life is, and how he can never stop and just accept a moment. He has to always be moving. Even the way he talks to people, there's this thing in his performance where uh, him, and not even just him, just the others that he owes money to and stuff, like they're always kind of yelling and swearing at each other, um, and it's kind of like, yeah, I'm effing getting there, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, yeah, yeah, I'm getting it. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's but always it's, this... it's also the only way you can hear them over the rest of the noise. Yeah, it's it's very intentional, and um, honestly, it, it, I was not distressed by it. It was the sort of thing where after a couple of scenes, I just kind of got into rhythm think, of it. it if it was, was it. just the chaos of the noise, and because it's very loud, I could get past that. It's the fact that they'll be talking and they'll be panning. You know, the character will be stationary. The camera will cut back and forth between two characters as it does, but they won't be moving. But one second, the, the, the one character's voice will be coming out the left, and then the next sentence will be coming out the right. And I just could not, I couldn't get used to that. That's what really annoyed me. Because that was that like part. a step too far. <laughs> I, I would love to know the percentage of people who watch this movie and will even pick up on that never mind just in general the sounds kind of i mean i think people will notice that it sounds very busy i think that's the thing that most people will probably pick up on uh, even if you don't pick up on it you know in your awareness i think it you know it'll, you'll be subconsciously aware that it's loud and you'll you'll maybe trying to concentrate on their voices more than you usually would yeah yeah you have to sort of strain yourself to really pay attention to the voices and the, the, the camera you know, the shooting style kind of reflects that as well uh you know there's a scene right at the start of the movie where he comes into his store and there's a couple of guys waiting on him and he's, he's talking to his staff and he's talking to this other person who's waiting for him as well and the camera is like constantly shaking it's all very handheld it's very you know there's a lot of close-ups that are very shaky it's kind of jumping back and forth very quickly it's, it's the sort of thing where in less skilled hands this could very quickly become very messy yeah. but what it's actually doing is that it's giving you this this again this plate spinning mentality of everything's moving he's trying to 
focus on five things at once and none of them are, are satisfied all of them are, are spinning out of control and you get that feeling from the very start of the movie and it, you know it's there throughout it's there you know there, there is camera moments where it does kind of calm down a little bit like there's definitely moments where he's, he's in his, his house or whatever where it's okay it's maybe a little bit calmer not completely not as calm as it should be because yeah. it's still him that we're, we're, we're focusing on but uh, it, it does kind of like the, the hustle and bustle of the city is it where because you know he, he works in, in the city and there's a lot of stuff in the street and you know crowds of people yeah and... uh, yeah his his broken door the noise of that thing oh boy is that intense yeah he's got like a store because it's not like a store that's got a storefront outside or in a mall it's uh inside you know it's like a private sort of rental in a building and they've got like a security door where you have to buzz people in so you, even the customers need to get buzzed in um you know just in case someone looks shady i guess you can just yeah yeah it's it's a two it's a two-door system so yeah. you shut one behind you and then you can open the next one so the idea is if someone steals something you you know they can't they can get out the first door yeah and then they get stuck in the middle and you just phone the police because they can't get out yes um and this becomes very relevant <laughs> later on yeah. in the movie so yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, so I liked him only you there because the sound didn't bother me as much. In fact, there's a couple of really weird moments of really beautiful music in this. There's a there's a shot at the start where, uh, before it goes to the title screen, it sort of, like, it goes through the gem and it's, it's kind of like we're going through the universe and there's this, like, sort of emotional violin or whatever playing. And yeah, yeah. It, it's it, back at the, near the end as well. There's this kind of... Uh, serene beauty to the whole thing and it's almost like it's there to contrast with his life where like instead of appreciating everything you know and because one of the things i say about the jab is that oh they can say it because it's so pure this pearl is so pure that when you look into it uh, you can see the entire universe and it's and i think the idea is that like even though he works with these things that are supposed to be these beautiful you know pieces of history he never actually really stops and appreciates them it's all about okay how, how do i auction this off for money how do i you know gambit this for money um i think what the movie does really well though is that it i mean like i said it really makes you feel the the stress of his life and i think one of the things early on in the film is a a character so there's a character played by lakeith stanfield who is kind of like a a scout for him to like get like uh rich people to come in and buy stuff from him and he brings in this guy who i actually only discovered after i watched the movie who's actually a real basketball player i, I just assumed it was an actor but it's I actually mean, i figured just but you know i couldn't couldn't even tell you his name now oh yeah i said it was an actor but uh, when, I looked up, when i was looking at the movie on mdb it was the, the there was you know they played the, the name is the same so i assume he's just playing himself uh yeah. but and he comes in and he's you know, talking about watches and and whatever and he wants the he's because he's, you know and you know Adam Sandler he's so proud of this this thing that he's just got which was smuggled in in fish you know he gets this this package and it's got fish and he pulls out the the, the rock and he's he's so excited about it he comes out and he has to just, he has to show these guys he's like hey look at this thing and the basketball player is like hey this this feels lucky I'm feeling a connection here like can I have this until tomorrow? Like, can I have this? I've got a game tonight and you know I've I've seen this in movies like occasionally this you know the good luck charm that you know sure, certain sports yeah. people have um and he'll you know he'll really uh you know he really wants it and adam sal doesn't really want to do it but he wants this guy to be a customer he wants to please his high clientele and yeah 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 he's like well i need it back you know tomorrow because i'm going to auction it off on monday blah 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 and the other guy's like and his scout dude you know stanfield he's like oh hey i'll you know what i'll like i'll bring it back tomorrow it's fine um and the first half of the movie is this really anxious almost plot of him trying to get his pearl back, you know, the, the, the gem. But 
people just keep like kind of either there's being... an awkward chain because so so the basketball player gives him like this ring as yes, like it, you, it, you hold on to this in, instead yes this is his uh his championship ring from a few years ago so it's like it's a big deal it's this big chunky yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a well-known thing it's like hey you hold on to this as collateral and immediately he goes to basically pawn it off so he could get money to pay off his debt <laughs> No, 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 He's no, like, no, 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 he doesn't. No, he, do- he has not used it to pay off his debt. He goes and puts it on a bet. <laughs> okay, is what he should do. That's what he, he should have he, done. He, he claims it's to pay off his debt. What he actually does is goes and puts on every every penny he got on the basketball player he just gave this lucky charm to, thinking that this will actually make him win because he plays for the Celtics and he thinks that he will have a great game because of this. Um. And we won't say too much more specific about the plot, because this is, and this is all opening movie stuff. Uh, but like from there, him trying to get his his gem back throughout the movie is very frustrating because people will just keep sort of saying, "Oh, I don't have it on me," or "Oh, you know, you give it back tomorrow." And, and I think the movie does a really great job of making you feel his his anxiety, like as this is sort of spiraling, and how he keeps trying to like just go places to meet people to try and get his gem back, and how it keeps just kind of blowing up in his face, and he's getting nowhere, and it just, it almost feels like the whole movie's going to be about him just not being able to get us back, and that's not entirely the case, it, 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 it does evolve into other things, but yeah. uh, like I, I felt like it did a really good job of making me feel kind of like frustrated, and not in a, not in a way where I'm annoyed at the movie, in a way that I'm like, no, I'm right there with the main character, where I'm like, oh my god, like, this is bullshit. <laughs> How is this still going wrong? Yeah, give him his gem back, goddammit. Um, yeah. Anyway, he's also he's got this girlfriend character who's a big part of the movie as well. Um, and how they play off each other. How he plays off his wife, of course. He's got kids. And, you know, from there, like, like all these things spinning and how he keeps making things worse for himself. And, uh, like... You know, it has this this big the, the big sort of final section of the movie, the bit the last like twenty five minutes of it. It's this this big kind of I don't want to say set piece, but you know, it's, like, it's kind of a, a thing that it revolves around. Yeah. And I thought that was exceptionally done as well. I, I feel like yeah, and it had that thing where like I'm just like, there's no way this can end well. <laughs> there's no way this can end in a positive light, and mainly because. At this point, like I said, there are several points of the movie he makes choice. He keeps making. He keeps not making the right choice, and there's a pretty big one just towards the start of this act at the end, where he really does have his out. He has his out, and he he just doesn't make the choice. And it's like it's at that point where okay, you've not learned that this is not a movie with a character with an arc. This is a tragedy. This is a tragedy of how one person ruins themselves. Yeah, I think the one thing I do want to kind of disagree on. Uh, sure. A little bit is is you know you said in the oh he's not necessarily sympathetic, um you know because he's doing this to himself and he is doing him to doing it to himself but I think he's sympathetic because it is clearly an addiction he can't help himself, and it's not like he is going oh I'll do this this will be fun it's he has a genuine problem and he oh. you know, he should be getting help. Sh- okay, sure. Uh... I mean, yeah, if you look at it from that perspective, yeah, okay, sure. If you, if you look at it from the perspective, okay, he's... he's I guess that's why you don't hate him for it, though, is what I'm saying. The way I would phrase yeah. it, it's, it's not it's not the... Because I don't think that makes him sympathetic. Because uh, he, he's very frustrating to watch, and you don't necessarily, like... It, this isn't like when you're watching, like, a movie and someone... D- genuinely just has all these bad people after them or they're they're they fall into trouble and it's not their fault this is something that he is doing to himself and yes in a real world context yes he needs help 
and maybe you look at it that way. Uh, to me, that's why he's not hateable, but it doesn't okay. make him sympathetic. See, I think that's where I do disagree because for me, the difference is you, you know you liken that there to oh you know these people who just you know they fall into stuff and you know and you're you're rooting for them kind of the entire time. Yeah. Whereas this is opposed to where he is making terrible choices, but you always know he is making terrible choices because of a genuine problem that he has, as opposed to in you know in movies where you've got characters that make terrible choices just because they're actually. Well, actually, bad I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with this actually because these terrible choices are not solely related to his addiction. There's a lot of terrible choices he makes in this movie, and a lot of character defects he has that have nothing to do with his gambling addiction. Uh, sure, but all the big moments are all the the gambling addiction, and those are the ones where I'd say you know those are all you you, you feel hey, bad for him in, because you know he doesn't really have a choice in in what he does. His relationship with his wife and his girlfriend, um, sure, everything with that. Like I mean, okay, sure, maybe the reason why his his relationship with his wife's not going that well is because of the gambling problem. But the way he is with her, the way he is with a girlfriend, the way even the way the yeah. girlfriend and wife are with him. Uh, I mean, the wife may actually... I mean, it's hard to get a, a real tell on the wife's character because we only really see her through the lens of the angry kind of divorcing wife. Yeah. Whereas the girlfriend is pretty, you know, universally a, a pretty crappy character as well. She's not a good person. Like, both her and and him feel that they're kind of oddly made for each other because they, they're both kind of bad to each other. Uh, no, I mean, like, that's what I'm, I'm not saying he's a good person or that he's a, a perfect person. I'm saying that because of the all the big set piece moments are because of the addiction that's why i feel sympathetic for him even though he's a flawed character uh, as opposed to being a bad person and always making a really bad choices just because like in some other movies yeah but you're not rooting for him to succeed uh, you know in a typical way because you're not rooting for him to like get his way no, it's interesting that you kind of want him to fail at points, not because, not in a malicious way, but because, and and you don't want him to fail because of the consequences of what would happen to him, but to the point where if it went wrong, maybe he'd get help. Yeah, you know, maybe if if he lost, he'd get the help that he needs. Is is kind of why you want it to fail at points. If anything, you you feel like you kind of want to be more frustrated at some of the characters around them for for letting them away with certain things like yeah i mean even, even some something as simple as uh when he pawns the ring in the guy who like sort of gives him money with, with the expectation that he'll, he'll come back and buy it for a slight uptick you know a few days later like why are you helping fund this <laughs> you know i mean i guess okay technically he does lie to him and says he's going to pay off his debts with it rather than i'm going to go make a bet and- but why do you trust him i mean his problem is so kind of well known seemingly at this point that why do you believe that because he's an addict right this is this is like a drug addict stealing money from someone you know yeah we learn that a lot of the the gambling places know that no no we don't take your money we're not allowed to uh stuff like that and and it's interesting because that's the start of the movie there where he is getting the money he claims to you know pay off his debts i think he believes he is but it's not until he has the money in his hand that he's like i've got a better idea (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah well i think he he has you know good intentions in that spirit and that's where i why i really feel like it's a problem and i feel sympathetic for him because up until that moment i'm like yeah no he is gonna go pay off his debts and then he gets the money in his hand and he's like or i can i can come out on top and pay off my debts yeah it's that temptation uh you know and obviously i think the title of the movie obviously has got the double meaning there just in case it wasn't clear he is an uncut gem uh, he's yeah. unrefined <laughs> as it were Certainly. uh so and yeah it's a really 
like obvious way, but I, I think that really is what the title is getting at. He is he's kind of this this flawed being. He's this flawed character, um, and yeah. yeah so it, I, I think it's always kind of uh, enticing to watch. Though so, so it, it kept me kind of captivated, like just because I wasn't necessarily sure at certain points where it was going and. Because at one point I'm thinking it's just about getting the stone back, but then it kind of, you know, eventually it does kind of get it back and a lot earlier than I was expecting, and then there was other things after that. And it completely pivots into something else. Yeah, in all ways they feel natural as well, and it kind of slowly reveals things about who he was money to over the course of the movie, and uh, just, like, kind of the the world that it's built up around him, uh, and how everything is kind of revolving around him in these weird ways. Because there's a very little thing at one point in the movie where one of his sons kind of finds out that he uh like he might have a have a mistress or a girlfriend and uh you know like in his reaction to his son finding that out which is very much oh, don't listen to what you hear that's that's nonsense don't you know never never repeat that um his reaction to that the reaction to the fact that his daughter his teenage daughter doesn't really want to talk to him and just you know just kind of yeah. fobs him off like and we don't have a lot of scenes with these characters like they've only got a couple of scenes each if that and I think seeing like how this has affected his relationships with like, you know, his wife is one thing, but you know, his kids kind of feeling this way around him and feeling this way is kind of in a lot of ways what the tragedy already is before we even get any further on the story. Yeah, I think there's a there's a moment early on that really kind of sums up the relationship with the kids. Um, uh, it's you know it's it's that night and you know the the game's on that he's that he's put the bet on, and his wife's like, hey, go say good you know good night to your kids. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go in a minute, and just keeps keeps on watching the game. Yeah, and then he, he can't and then him. he watches the game on his phone as he's in the the bedroom with his kid. Yes. Yeah. So you know, I mean, if you weren't clear yet, that there was an addiction problem because I think what's interesting is the movie doesn't actually state that he's got an addiction problem until he tries to actually make the, like because up until that point, there's nothing that actually says he's got an addiction problem. Like, mm. you know, we, we get the hustle and bustle, we get the craziness, craziness of his life and all that, but it's not until he actually goes to make the bet and we hear the guy going, oh, no, 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 we're not, <laughs> we're not doing that, that you start to actually get, and I think it's this this stuff with the basketball game, watching it and the kid stuff, that really says, oh, no, this is like a straight-up addiction. This isn't even just, like, he's being cheeky. He he has a problem. He's yeah. he's obsessed with this. And then from there, it kind of, you know, goes throughout the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, so I think we'll give the spoiler warning so we can like talk about uh, the the rest of it. Uh, so full spoilers for Uncut Gems from this point on. But before we start the spoiler section, I'll just take this time to thank our patron producers for the month. So thank you to David Short, Alison M. Fordays, Cindy Palacios, and Tyler Hess. Uh, that means they're patrons at the $20 tier are up. But you can, of course, support us for as little as $1 per month over in patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. And you get bonuses for your trouble. You get early access at the $5 tier to some stuff as well, including these uh, 121 Influx episodes. So go and have a look and see if you're interested in help and keep all the content coming uh but yes spoilers for uncut gems so yeah i it's it's funny because there's a lot of sort of big set piece moments i think you can kind of point to in this you know there's this there's stuff with the the girlfriend where he's he's trying to get the gem back uh, in the club and he ends up getting into a fight with the 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 the, you know the singer because she's alone in the room with them and we actually we actually know in the room that they were about to do something even though she's you know, yeah. profusely saying, no, we didn't do anything, we were just doing drugs, we weren't, we weren't doing anything, we really weren't. Uh, but we heard what they were saying to each other, it was clearly about to go that way. It was, yeah. Uh, 
Um, and she's adamantly saying, no, 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 no. And she's, she's trying to like beg him and beg him and they're swearing at each other and it's just kind of how they are. And, uh, but of course, immediately the next day she comes in and she's like the, the hugging up to him. She got a tattoo of, of his name uh, on her ass to show how much she loves him. Yeah. And he's like, why did you do that? Why did you do <laughs> Like, why did you do that? But he, but he kind of loves it anyway. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're back together again and all the rest of it uh, and then you know, there's other big set pieces where when he finally gets stone back and there's a lot of frustrating stuff to get the stone back there's there's him like driving all the way out to the basketball arena where the where the, the player's practicing and try to get to see him but he just gets left behind and he can't get in it's kind of this frustrating like you know just abandonment thing because uh, he's trying he really is trying he's trying his best as uh, and he asks his uncle or his grandfather or his father or whoever this family member is uh to basically up the bids because he expects that this is going to be worth over a million dollars that's that's what he's expecting and uh, when he goes into the the auction place on the morning of the auction they've appraised it to you know i think it was like 150 to 250 thousand dollars or something like that you know less than a quarter of what he was expecting yeah. and he makes a big fuss and you know there is some humor in the movie there's a little bit here where you know the woman at the desk like phones up to the, the boss lady and she's like don't put me on don't be, i don't need to talk to him but he sort of takes the phone and you know but, but, but he doesn't hear this but we hear it and he takes the phone and he, he insists on talking to her and then he tries to lie and say that she she approved to take all these correction cards out of the little uh the brochures and uh she's like okay let me let me call her and just confirm that he's like Oh, never mind, never mind. <laughs> yeah. And and it's interesting. The whole reason that he wants to drive up the, the bid is, uh, you know, as much as it is, a, you know, oh, this is undervaluing, he just wants to hit a minimum level because the basketball player the day before is like, hey, I'll just buy it off you for this price. He's like, I, I can't. I've got to put it to the auction. I've agreed to that now. So, but you can go to the auction, you can buy it. Well, so he's yeah. like, hey, just bump it up, get it high enough that he'll buy it, you know, at the price that he was going to anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's worth mentioning, when he says that he has to go to the auction, I don't think he does have to. I think he's saying that at the time because he still believes it's going to be worth more than what he's offering Yeah, him. yeah, of uh, And now he's at the point where he's, hey, can you, hey, Uncle Joe, or whatever he is, like, can you uh, bid a few times? Make, make sure it gets up to the level that he was going to buy it at. And, and quite rightly, he says, yeah, but what if I win? I don't have the money. He's like, don't worry. You just, if you go up to about 250000 if you win, then don't worry. I'll just give it to you. I'll pay for it, and then yeah the money will come into my account and i'll give it straight back to you yeah um so it's straightforward enough with with an extra like six percent cut or whatever it was yeah i mean even, even if he you know even if it does get sold he's going to give him six you know it's like a fee like, yeah. hey no you get a little bump because you're helping me uh so he's really nervous and it's a really funny scene because they're, they're sitting in the the auction and the basketball player's bidding and he's sort of like he's, uh, you know there's like a bidding war going between him and this one other random dude and then eventually the random dude kind of stops but it's only like ninety thousand. it's not that high yet and you know adam Sandler's looking over at the uncle and he's like how oh, come he's like yeah, me and he pulls up his paddle and they're you know they, they, they stuck going and he keeps looking over at him he's like and there's you know this beautiful best there's a moment where the basketball player's bed at about one hundred and sixty thousand or whatever it is like you could tell that he hesitated before he did it and to me that was like that was clearly his last bed do not do it again and his advisor is there next to him going please yeah. stop like for like three bids before that and this is this is more than it's worth stop yeah he's, he's, a, he's a rich basketball player he's got he's got yeah he's got like a financial advisor sitting next to him he's got a person for just for this <laughs> yeah to tell him what to do and and of course sandler's no no bid again so the old man puts up his paddle and he wins for 190 000. uh and it's just this thing where you're like 
he just screwed himself again. Especially since he's been telling the guy he owes money to, uh, Andre, that he's, he's going to have his money for him. Because this could be up until this point. Andre's thugs, who, by the way, Andre turns out to be a relative. It turns out to be like his uh, brother-in-law or something like that. It's like mm-hmm. a it's a relation because we we see them at like Passover or whatever they're celebrating because they're a Jewish family and yeah. they're uh, like both sitting there and when Adam Sandler's sitting there talking about how he might be getting a lot of money for this gem like Andre's just sitting staring at him with these like grilling eyes the entire time uh, but even before this in the movie there's a scene where his two thugs because there's the one really angry looking dude uh, who's kind of there from the start he slaps him in the, like one of the first scenes uh, when he's like basically stalling for time uh, so unless you know he means business but we find out that he, they work for Andrew there's a scene where they actually get him when his daughter's in this, this, the school high school play and they strip him down and put him in his own car trunk and his wife has to come out and let him out and doesn't understand why he's naked in a car like what happened she doesn't you know she's just angry at him question. Uh, and he just tries to play it off like it's nothing so throughout the movie he's been threatened repeatedly but this is the thing as soon as we learned that they were related it was like well is he in danger of actually being killed? Because it feels like, well, he's a relative, so, like, okay, they want to scare him, they want to, like, rough him up so that they'll pay him back, but at what point, like, how far are they willing to go? And I think by the end of the movie, I think you get the idea that Andrea wants to scare him, but isn't that, doesn't actually want to go further than, like, kill him, sure. you know, you know like, doesn't want to kill him. Um, obviously, another one of them does, but <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, so they show up after the auction, and they're really pissed, and they're livid. And it's after this where, and this is the weird thing, is he gets himself in trouble here because he says, look, the basketball player still wants it. This is really special to him. The night he had it, he played great. He played the best game he's ever played. And he's this aging player, you know, in, in sports terms, he's like 36, which for basketball is getting kind of long in the tooth. And uh, up now, yeah. everyone's saying that he's, you know, kind of at the end of his career and he's not as good as he used to be. And he's like, look, no, the basketball player, he's going to take it. He's going to, he's going to want this. But he fakes a phone call and they, they basically grab the phone and prove that he's faking it. And you know, at least to get him beat up, he gets he's he gets the bloody nose, he gets thrown in the pool, uh, you know, in the, in the water fountain out in the street, and he calls the basketball player. He's like, he's still wanting this, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, and they agree in one hundred and seventy thousand. So, not too shabby. Um, yeah, he's taking a little bit of a loss, but you know, enough that he can pay most of his debts. Yeah, and this this is actually one of the lines here that I I, I felt, uh, and this is why you know I go back to not thinking he's that sympathetic. Uh, it's a you know aside from all the stuff with the the relationship stuff which we'll get to and I think specifically in a minute but uh, he um you know he get the basketball player comes in and he's got the money and he's in cash and he hands him the bag and they sit down in the office and and keep in mind Am Sandler at this point has phoned Andre and the goons and said hey I'm about to get your money come over and I'll pay you like right now and so it's like, okay he's going to pay them back cool and he sits down and. So basically, when he was introducing this gem at the start of the movie, he explained kind of where it you know came from, and he showed them this video of uh, these miners in Ethiopia uh, and how this is a uh, African Jewish people, and he's he's talking about this and this, and the basketball player uh, says, "Hey, let me ask you something. You know, how much did you get this for? Like, how much did you pay to get this here?" Uh, he's like, oh, that would be nice to say. And he, he tries to dodge the question for a long time. And he's like, look, I'm not being funny. I'm giving you the money. And no matter what you say, I'm still giving you this money. I'm still buying it. So you might as well just tell me. Yeah, sure. It's like, I'm going to you know, go back in the deal. I really care about this. And this is what you're selling to me for. So you've got it. I just want to know. And he admits that he's, it cost him 100000 And he's, you know, he's, he's not exactly happy that he's only really made, you know, uh, 70000 off of it. Mm-hmm. And... 
the basketball player sort of, you know, has a moment. He says, so you thought this was worth over a million and you sold, you, you bought it off of these guys for, for a hundred thousand. And you know, with the tone of like, you, and you thought that was okay. Like you felt okay about doing that. And yeah. he tries to justify it. Um, and yeah, he's he's basically like, yeah, but to them, a hundred grand is life changing, right? That's what he's saying. Mm. Yeah, I, I get where he's coming from. Like, I'm not saying he's right. I'm saying <laughs> I understand why he's thinking this and he, why he's justified this to himself. It's exploitation, as... and it's worth yeah. mentioning it's the very first scene in the movie. Actually, before we even get the title scene and meet the, these characters, is a scene in Ethiopia when they're actually getting the gem out, and it opens with someone who's like broken their leg in the mine. And they're kind of like coming out. Um, and it's the idea that people are literally, you know, hurting themselves, you know, trying to get these gems out here. Uh, yeah. th- these things that we, we deem valuable for whatever reason, you know, the human race deems these things valuable. So you've got these people. Uh, so it feels exploitative. It feels like he's exploiting oh, does, yeah. uh, people by doing this. But anyway, so the basketball player leaves. He's, uh, he's, he's, you know, he's, got, he's got his rock and he, he, he leaves. Uh, Andre is showing up. They're out in the, 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 the front room. And it's, uh, actually, basketball player's not quite left yet. It's just before he leaves, Adam Sandler says, you know what? I believe in you so much. I believe in you and your good luck. I'm going to bet on everything. Because one of the things that he does here uh, to try and justify his exploitation is that this is what he has to do to stay in the game. Just like he's getting the rock to stay in his game. And he brings up with the betting odds for his game tonight to show like how bad they are for him and you know all this stuff he's like you know what i believe in this so much i'm going to put all of this on you this is how i win you know that's what the meme that apparently was going around came from yeah um and, and your, your heart sinks doesn't it your, your heart, heart sinks yeah because this was it you had your victory you, you were going to be able to pay them back i don't know how much you owe them but presumably it wasn't all of this and even if it was he still hadn't you know he runs a pretty successful jewelers to the point where you know he could drop a hundred grand on a gem yeah, he, he has a pretty nice big house and he has an apartment in the city, which also looks pretty spacious. Yeah. So, and like I say, while the 100 grand was a business expense investment, he still had that, you know, to to put the capital up front to begin with. So it's not like he was... Yeah, it's, it's not like his business doesn't do well. Yes. Yeah. it's you know, it, you know, And he screws over people as well. That's the other thing. It's like... Um, you know, uh, Lakeith's character, uh, he's got watches in his safe that he, you know, can't sell in the store because they're uh, too hot, as it were, but uh, he has it, you know, in the safe for safekeeping. And when he comes back to demand his watches back towards the end of the movie, they're not all there. And we've actually seen Adam Sandler at least twice in the movie offer someone a watch as like a, a gesture. He's like, hey, have a free watch as a thank you or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he screws over other people. Uh, we see examples of that throughout the film. So, uh, but you got that. So anyway, he makes this choice and he calls to his girlfriend who works there, right, out in the front. He says, hey, go next door. And he passes the bag of money, like, you know, outside the window to the other window to her and says, look, take this to this casino Here's here's what you bet on. He gives her like a you know a list of instructions, a list. and it's uh, you know it, it's uh, a multiplier. So you know you bet yeah, on one yeah. thing and then the next and then the next thing. You know uh, accumulator. That's the term. That's the term. Yeah, he has to win the the, the tip off or whatever you call the thing at the start where they jump up and hit the ball. Yeah, yeah, is we a, know all the terms, don't we? Is that a tip off? I don't know. I don't know how that sounds familiar. <laughs> it's not a tee off. Tee offs golf, but <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, though. They throw the ball up, and t- you know, yeah. one from each team jump up to try and. Yeah, we, we totally know basketball. Oh, clearly, I know basketball a lot better than I do American football. I'll say that much. 
I know them equally as well, which is to say, I may be I know shit all about both. I, I may struggle with a couple of terms, but I gen, gen, generally understand the rules of basketball far more than I do American football. I, I the rules feels a little extreme to say. I understand the very very basics of the flow of a game, which is more than I can say about American football, admittedly. But oh yeah, but you know on. how they score a two or three pointer, right? And you know, sure. Right, yeah. you know, um, I I I barely know how you score and you, you get past the line. <laughs> it's a bit like rugby, and you throw the ball down. But it's a, it's a touchdown, not a try. So sure, yeah. except for the times where you're kicking it through the big U. Yeah, but that's also like rugby. Do 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 they kick it, kick the ball through a U in rugby? Yeah. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Just to me. I don't really know rugby either. It's like a, a rugby free kick is, is you know you put it down and then you have to kick it through the through the through the U. So the U is a good way of, of putting it. Yeah. Why is the free version of getting a point so different from how you regularly get points? Um, because it, there's no way to defend against it. Because uh, so it's just down to your ability to kick through it. So there's no. Yeah, but uh, it's like a completely different sport at that point. Like in basketball, when you're getting a free throw, you're still just trying to you know throw it into the net. No, that's true. I think in rugby you can kick through the U anyway, um, but it's worth less points than a try because it's quote unquote easier, right? Because you do, you don't have to get right through their their entire line. Okay. So so you can score that way normally, but you know with the free kick it's like look you can kick this. There's no you know it's down to your ability. They can't defend against it, so it's just on you, which is why it's free. All right. I okay. think. I mean, but I don't know. Anyway, so. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, it's accumulator, uh, and one of the goons does. So this is basically what happens: is that he traps uh, Andre and his two goons in the the, the, the double entrance, right, in the glass the box. Yeah, uh, we we have one at work, and it's refer it's referred to as the bubble. The bubble, okay. They trap him in the bubble, but there was yeah. there was a third goon that got out first. He was out the front door first, and he goes to the casino trying to intercept us because that, that was actually the thing that, that's actually really made me laugh and i felt i did feel kind of bad for him is that he's so excited that he won that first bet from the celtics game and he finds out the next night that andre actually intercepted and cancelled the bet at the at the bookie level <laughs> so there was so the bet wasn't on he, he was furious because he would have been you know like that was one of those weird occasions in this movie that he would have got out of this he would have had the money won his gamble and paid off and had leftover and yeah, yeah sure he'd probably blown the rest of it on another bet uh, you know the next day anyway he may have tried but to gamble all of it and he, I, he I, might <laughs> I think probably. it's why well, it's why these weird things though well the reason why this has happened to him though is because of all the previous mistakes he's already made so it's kind of like yeah he still made this bed like even even though it's like the reason why someone did this to him is because he's already made himself you feel, yeah you feel particularly bad for him on that one though because yeah. you're like oh man if if they just hadn't got in the way prop game over because it's early enough in the movie that you think may maybe that would have been enough for him right and mm. obviously as the movie goes on it clearly wouldn't have been but at that point you're like maybe that would have just that would have been enough and you know problem would have solved yeah so he traps them in the bubble and they're livid they're absolutely livid and pretty understandably he puts on the game because he's they've made this bet because she calls him and says no i've made this bet and she ends up like there's this rich dude who's in the helicopter with her who like sort of takes a liking to her and invites her up to his room so she does that just to be safe just to be away from like the you know the lobby and away from the, the goon yeah. and 
uh, they're watching the game and sure enough like you know it's kind of a tense scene but there's this interesting thing where you got the three guys in the bubble and the angry dude the angry dude like has a gun and you know Am sounds like hey it's bulletproof glass like nothing's going to happen it's going to bounce back at you don't try yeah. and I kind of called what was going to happen as soon as he pulled out the gun because like don't get me wrong there was a chance here that in terms of where the movie went where I could have seen like him like losing the bet right and leaving them in there <laughs> just try to run and just go on a runner that could have been where the movie went i could have seen that happening but i knew that if he won what was likely going to happen was that as soon as he let them at the box thinking well there's no reason to be mad at me now because i'm going to pay you back i'll pay you with interest because i just won a fortune i just i put a hundred grand or 170 grand on a bet that was ridiculously long odds yeah so i just i i, I just won millions right I'm, I'm going to pay you back with interest uh yeah. which should make them happy but the angry dude it just it felt like his pride had been hurt so he, locked in this room he yeah just, he, was, he just wasn't having it he was just pissed so i i, I kind of saw it coming that as soon as he came out he just pulled up the gun and, and shot him in the face and it was kind of this, this this is why it's a tragedy is that even when he gets the big win that he's been itching for he's burned so many bridges and he's upset so many people that this was the inevitable conclusion anyway like the, there was a point halfway through this movie where i was like there's no way this movie has a happy ending like that this character and it's especially at the start of the third act when he makes that choice to bet that money that he was about to pay them back with that was the moment where he's not learned anything this is ending badly. Yeah, I think that's the worst one because all the others, it's like, you know, it's it's relatively, in comparison, smaller bets. And it's always like, I got t- I've still got time. I can do it. You know, I, I can get away with this. I can get more. Whereas this one, it's they're in the room going, give me the money now. And he is actively keeping it away from them. They're, they're like, just give us the money and we'll go. That's, that's it. Then. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is it. It's over. And he is actively going, you know, and go around the other way. I'll throw it out the window to you and, and go run quick now. Like it's so extreme that he's trying to put this down. He's so desperate to do it yeah. that, that you know it is far worse than any other. And it's comical as well. The whole thing's very farcical. The way the way you know yeah. uh, she's she's on the run and she she actually has the rich guy like collect the money so that the gun won't not see her do it, and then you know she she gets the money. And you've even got everyone else in the bubble, like you know kind of celebrating along with after as the game's going on and they're going hey maybe he's got a chance here yeah and when they actually do win andrea looks quite pleased like you know what this was unfortunate i had to sit through this but honestly like yeah well well done you you pulled it off now i can force them to pay me like you know a healthy insurance you know uh so there we go yeah uh uh, but of course he gets shot and you know the movie we, we cut around all the various characters as the movie's uh, kind of ending and he's lying there dying and we see the blood and we go we go in the bullet hole and we get sort of the universe before it goes to the credits kind of how the movie started kind of, and again if you weren't getting the he's an uncut gem kind of you know analogy this went into him the same way it did with the gem at the start it was very much yeah. the same shot and the same idea uh yeah another little character beat i wanted to mention though when i've talked about how he's kind of a piece of shit is uh after he you know breaks up the girlfriend for a couple of days when he thinks she was cheating on him and she kind of was about to <laughs> so i can't necessarily say i mean even though these i think why i dislike these characters and sort of and find them unsympathetic is because they're just always yelling and swearing at each other so there's nothing likable about them as people uh sure but he, uh, you know, he he does this thing when he's when he's with the family gathering where he catches his wife alone for a minute, and he comes in and says, "Look, hey, you look really nice in that dress." And 
you know, I've been having second thoughts. You know, maybe we maybe we should talk about maybe staying together and you know, giving us another try. You know, and you know, I'm not with her anymore. She's trash. She was always trash. She didn't mean anything to me. And this entire, I'm like, this is just because you broke it. Like this, this yeah. you know, th- this is is, is scumbag this one on one. Yeah, she laughs at him and then yeah. says how much she hates everything about him. I am convinced because Edina Menzel, who's who's the wife, I'm convinced she was cast just for her laugh because it cuts through everything else that's going on in the movie. Oh sure, yeah. It's such a distinctive sounding laugh that it just cuts through everything. I can see and that. Yeah, you know, I'm fairly sure that's why they went with it. Like, yeah, that's what we need. Nah, so now I thought that moment was very telling because I think that was the moment un- unquestionably that I said I don't like him as a person, like because mm. he he's just being a snivelling little piece of shit now because it's one yeah. thing we're okay maybe him and his wife like i mean sure it probably was the gambling stuff that's probably why and his obsessive personality but it's possible they just they, they fell apart they were staying together x amount of time for the kids um and he's moving on and whatever it's not necessarily that big a deal but this coming trying to crawl back when that thing falls through and try to claim it was something mm-hmm. or some so it wasn't something that it was and like all of it was just this fabrication. It just—it was like th- this is you trying to play your wife the same way you play the bookie or play the the guy you owe money to or whoever. She's just a plate that you're spinning that you're not really connected to with feelings, with emotion. Uh, mm. She's just another, you know, thing that you're dealing with. Um, and you get a sense that maybe the one thing he does care about is what his kids think of him, and like there's not much yeah, hope there. He- he actively goes out his way. That's that's why you know he hasn't told them because he doesn't want them to think of it this way. And you know they're still pretending he lives there. And you know for a little bit, and they're like, "Oh, we'll we'll, we'll tell them after Passover." Is what he's saying. You know, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. it. It feels like they've they've been pushing it back months, months. It's always, "Oh, we'll tell them after that." And then when that comes, well, you know, you know, well, you know, Christmas is coming up. We'll tell them after Christmas. You know, there's always something, right? Yeah. You get that feeling a lot, and, and like I said, there's a scene where he takes the son up to the apartment, and and he does react quite harshly. And it's kind of, it's kind of the the one hint that he really has some humanity left that he cares what his kids think. It's like the fact that he cares about his kids knowing what he's really like shows that at least in some level he knows it's wrong. He knows everything yeah. he's doing is wrong, um, but he's addicted and. You know, I, I guess this is the hope of the movie is that you want him to have that moment where he knows he's, he, be, he admits that he's addicted and that he wants to, you know, to compare us to, like, say, you know, AA, like, you want this, you almost, the happy ending to this movie would be him standing up and saying, you know, my name is blah, 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 and I'm a gambling addict. Like, that would be the happy yeah. ending to this movie. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was never going to happen, but that is what it would have been. Yeah. So, no, I think it's, I think it's exceptionally put together and how it makes me feel as anxious as he is throughout the movie like it somehow puts you in a very particular state of mind and state of feeling with him the entire time and it never really lets up uh and you know it's just over two hours long it doesn't uh it's not too long no no it doesn't feel like it goes in slower like that and i think with how intense it is in terms of its, its editing and pacing uh, it could actually feel tiring if it went if it wasn't it, handled it would, properly. It would be easy to feel fatigued of just yeah. being in that state of mind for as yeah you know, as long as you are. Yeah, and I, I think you, because when he makes that final decision to like make the bet at the start of the the last chunk, I feel like th- at that moment you almost felt relief. You felt like it was finally over and like you could rest. And then he makes that choice, and part of that heart sinking feeling is because like 
No! <laughs> Look, I can't like, feel this again. again. <laughs> I can't feel this again. What are you doing to me? Yeah. Uh, and I think it's at that point where you're almost sympathizing with his wife. Uh, if you weren't already. I'm, I'm sure you probably were already were, <laughs> but... You probably should have been. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Well, I think what the thing with the wife is, though, is that we didn't really get to see her that much outside of when she's interacting with him. So even mm. though we know he deserves it, she does come off as just kind of being mean because she's always just mad at him. Um, yeah, even though he does completely good. deserve it. Like, but, but we never see her with just the kids. We never see her sort of as herself, you know, without the anger uh, to see what she's really like. Yeah. Um, no, that's fair. But all I said, I know there's one moment where she sort of smiles at the kids and it's kind of this normal mum smile and then she turns and it just changes. Her face just morphs when she's looking at him, uh, yeah. which was which was good. So, uh, yes. So, this is a movie about a gambler and essentially a, a few enablers who take advantage of him in different ways. You know, because he even accuses the girlfriend of taking advantage of him by living in the apartment. The first time we even see her, actually, is when he goes back to the apartment and he's like, why won't you work today? And she makes up some weird excuse of how she wants to lie down because she had a long night, you know, doing whatever. <laughs> and she essentially talks him out of being mad by saying, hey, come and cuddle. You don't want to be mad at me. You want to come and cuddle. And he just kind of does it. And it, you do kind of feel like he's been taken advantage of. Uh, uh, like it is. Cause it's, it's like that bit where he, he's shouting and he's not being a nice person about it, but you're kind of on his side at first because you kind of do feel like she is just there for the money, right? Yeah, and I mean, hell, it's kind of a weird scene because I, I don't even think before he goes in, you really understand that, you know, he's dating someone that, he's, that works for him. Like, it's just not until... Until later on yeah. where you realise where she works. Yeah. Um, and then later on, you know, like, like he's Stanfield's character is taking advantage of him, you know, using his safe to store stuff. Um, the way that he sort of give, makes him give the rock to the basketball player and then kind of like dodges bringing it back for a long time, keeps making excuses. There's a lot of advantage being taken of him. Uh, because he's vulnerable because of his addiction. So yeah. if there is sympathy, that's where the sympathy, I think, comes from. It's the, it's the way that other people are using him uh, in that context. Yeah, yeah. And and a lot of them, it is interesting. Like, the girlfriend, I think, at first, you do just feel like, oh, she's there for the money. She's taking advantage of him. And by the end, I'm not sure that's actually just... as It's as simple as that. <clears throat> I think she's also someone who has a problem. Uh yeah. So I I think it's really unhealthy for them to be together because I feel like they both bring out the worst in each other. Um, now I, I don't know what exactly what to diagnose her with. <laughs> I'm not qualified, but I feel like she has others of her own problems, and it's it's not so much that she's just a, a vindictive gold digger. I feel like it's. But then again, I mean, maybe she just is. I don't know. By the end, I felt like there was some actual connection between them beyond just the money. Yeah, two broken people finding each other, I suppose. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, maybe the scene with the with the singer was maybe implying that she has like a you know not a sex addiction necessarily, but like a an attention like addiction or something like that. Yeah, yeah could be. Yeah, you know, some something to that effect. Uh, because she she does kind of come after him again pretty hard after the, the breakup, as it were. You know, it feels like she's really desperate to kind of patch it up. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Uh, be curious to hear people's thoughts on that. But uh, that that is basically uncut gems. I I think it's a that is a really well made movie. Um, and I know the sound problems uh bug you, but I I feel like. It's a movie where, like, I I knew it was well done for the first, like, you know, two thirds of it, and I was, you know, I was into it, and I was sort of like, I was engaged in what it was doing. wasn't really sure how much I liked it yet, though, 
And I think realizing like just how much it put me in his shoes the entire time and, and felt how he was feeling is is where you realize oh that was actually quite impressive. What what they were mm. actually doing there was very well crafted because it it actually made me not sympathize but empathize, which is different. Sure. So, um, I guess we're rating it. Were you given uncut gems? Yeah, it's a frustrating one because, like I say, it's 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 a very good movie. Like you know, because that, that's the thing removed from it. Talking about it, I can appreciate all the things a lot better. Uh, and and I can see you know all these things that work and why they work. But the the sound does ruin the experience for me. And, and I want to say, you said, oh, the sound problem. I don't want to say it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. It was a very intentional choice that I understand why they made it. I just hate it. <laughs> and, you know, I am, admit I am in the very, very small minority of people who that will even affect. Um, but it, it totally ruined the experience. And it, it made me never want to watch the movie again, even though everything else about it, I think, is really quite well done um so it leaves me in a weird position so i'm gonna give it a six because of that which is as high as i feel like i can go uh, recognizing all the other qualities even though i didn't enjoy the experience of watching it okay interesting i i think in terms of looking at a, a character like this like a with an addiction and seeing how that addiction spirals to like affecting his wife to affecting his kids and his relationship with these kids um, the type of people that it kind of lets into his life that take advantage of him. I think he does a really good job of all that stuff. Because uh, at the end of the movie, like, you know, like, his death, like, is kind of the capper on everything, but it's already, like, broken up so many things. And, I mean, maybe, maybe the girlfriend will be okay because she does have all of his money that he just won. Uh, so she she may actually be fine after the initial shock. <laughs> she, she could afford to go and... I mean, it depends because she was heading back to the shop true 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 if she ends up running to the bad guys and they're waiting there because they're like well she's coming back with the money right so they are waiting there for her yeah yeah it's possible I mean, it's kind of left vague we don't see anything you know we have no hint of like no no we don't know if if they do get it but that's their intention they they state very clearly that they're waiting for her to come back with what they see as their money yeah i mean maybe she maybe she changes her mind and says oh, i'll meet you back at you know the apartment or something yeah, right? yeah maybe something along the way tips her off and she tries yeah. phone him and, and nothing you know, yeah. all sorts of things could happen that means that she gets away with it or maybe the other people who rent office space in this floor hear the gunshots and call the yeah, police you never know. there's you know there's, there's there's possibilities here that don't, don't ensure her death <laughs> yeah it's not a it's not a foregone conclusion by any means yeah, but it kind of comes around the other characters. We know we see the basketball player on TV talking about how he's got this stone that, you know, gives him all this luck and all the rest of it. Uh, and I, I, that's the other thing that's really wonderful about this is that uh, the basketball player's like obsession with having this item and how it actually does seem to affect how well he plays when he doesn't have it uh, could also be seen as an addiction of sorts as well. It's an addiction to success, an addiction that he believes is fueled by a, an inanimate object, which you know shouldn't make a difference yeah. it's just a superstition but um he really he really believes it uh you think that celtics championship ring would have a four-leaf clover on it for luck <laughs> but it was a three-leaf clover I just observation i made you would think that yeah uh but maybe, maybe it's just because it makes you think of leprechauns or something i don't know it's too <laughs> you've been watching too many leprechaun movies <sighs> 
any leprechaun movies or too many leprechaun movies. <laughs> yeah, tell that to Tim. Oh, dear. Uh, so, uh, my, my rate there, we know I was getting to. Uh, uh, I'm going with an 8.5. I'm going to go with an 8.5. I think it's a really good movie. I'm really glad I caught up with this one. Uh, it's one of those things where I see Adam Sandler's name and I'm like, uh, but this got buzz and people seem to really like it and it was like, okay. It's kind of funny that even like an 8.5 is a really strong review and from us that, that means you know, a reasonable amount. Mm-hmm. That still seems to be on the lower end of what I'm seeing most people rate it. Ah, 8.5 is pretty high for me. Um, you know. No, no, it is. I just I was seeing so many like 9s and 10s beforehand. Hey, if it's connecting with people. Yeah. Uh, maybe these people know people who are addicted to things. I don't, I don't really know anyone with an addiction. Maybe this speaks even more to you if you know someone like this. If you can relate to the decisions that are being made and the way that he's running around, you know. Or maybe if you have an addiction that you're, you know, are recovering from or uh, or whatever, then again, yeah. maybe you relate to this and you, you find something in this to really kind of uh, connect with. So, yeah. Um, so... There you go. That's Uncut Gems. Uh, let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below. Like and subscribe. All that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show and the channel, we mentioned Patreon earlier. Patreon.com slash TV. You can support us financially for as little as a dollar per month and keep all the content coming. You can also support us by rating the podcast, audio podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, give us five stars and a review. Uh, it helps more people find us, that kind of thing. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys. And if you can get it, it's always nice to have diplomatic immunity.